0: Respect. Szevome Respeto Spostujmo
1: Respekt Words Iti Tis Il
0: potere delle parole
2: Respekt for worten Respekt menschen Gegen
0: A szólunk Riportok, interjúk, A gyűlöletbeszéd ellen
2: Mi bet Respect. La onda local de Andalucía contra los discursos de odio.
0: Más or Oco.
1: Irish Soroc de Ético, Iguena Cáñter Fueja.
0: Ethical journalism against hate speech.
1: Respect Words. Respect Words. Respect Words. Respect Words. Fáilte and welcome to this week's Respect Words. I'm Kiron Murray. Today we'll be looking at sports and racism and I'll be joined in the studio by Gareth Mullen from Show Racism the Red Card. But first uh, my colleague Tatiana Scott spoke to Ken McHugh from SARI, Sports Against Racism in Ireland.
0: Hello Ken. Good morning. So let's start with you telling us more about what SARI is and how sport can be a bridge between people of different cultures.
2: Okay. Well essentially uh, SARI is a what's called a social enterprise and um, the reason we use sport is because it's a very popular medium to bring people from different backgrounds, different cultures, different social backgrounds together. And uh, we use sport in general, but we have popular sports like uh, football, association football, Gaelic games. These are the most popular, so they, um, it's very good for for to integrate people through our seven programs and seven projects that we have
0: and I've seen on your webpage that you have several different programs that you have mm-hmm. and you are involved with uh, some international programs also yeah. so which one is most successful?
2: Uh, well the, the most successful one is probably our uh, signature one, it's, which is the uh, Soccer Fest it's an annual Soccer Fest. It, it's now the uh, flagship event for the European Week of Sport we would have had about two and a half thousand people at that event and uh, they come from all over the place and it's a real mix of people from uh, what we call direct provision centers uh, program refugees uh, local community organizations NGOs and we have some guests as well from abroad so it's a, it's a very big event and it's held in the phoenix park every year uh, around september you know the beginning of september it's the opening day of the european week of sport now and it's supported by the uh, sports uh, sport ireland that's probably the most successful one. In terms of programme, uh, we have uh, soccer nights, which is, uh, again, uh, every week. And it's a, an open football pitch, really, for players from different backgrounds. And they will be uh, unaccompanied minors, uh, kids who are in this asylum process, or we call them refugees-in-waiting, and local kids then as well. And that's in Fairview Park. And we have, for girls then, we have a programme uh, called Hijabs and Hattricks. Which is for essentially started up for muslim girls to get them involved in community activity through sport and that's very very successful that's now opened up to all faiths uh, and none and uh, it's now they have a football team called diversity so it's yeah the you know for a social enterprise that's volunteer driven it's been uh, hugely successful in terms of the our international dimension we're members of uh, some very significant bodies like Street Football World in Berlin, uh, that makes contact then with organisations all over, development organisations all over the world. We're also a partner with uh, uh, coaches across continents, which is another very, very important organisation for us, and uh, the Anna Lynn Foundation. So Anna Lynn Foundation is uh, connects people in Europe with the uh, mostly North Africa and uh, Middle East. So we're very active on the domestic local and international front.
0: And you started in 1997 if I'm correct? Oh yeah, that's right. So how would you compare 1997 today regarding uh, racism, integration, uh, people involving in local communities and um, through sport?
2: Hmm. Well in European Year Against Racism in 1997 so we kicked off on that year and you know most people thought within a few years we will sort out the problem but we know from the experience of travellers for example they've been got a racist abuse right, for centuries so it's a long process the big problem is starts with xenophobia and then it, it develops into racism we cover all forms of discrimination now because they're all interrelated so comparing uh, with 97 is probably worse in fact um, so we could say that we have tried, but we've we're failing unless we get, you know, a critical bigger critical mass behind the organisation.
0: So, what would you suggest? How can we help your organisation? How can we mm. help this thing combating more better?
2: Yeah, the problem is that is with society that you know we need um, a strong, very powerful education program, anti discrimination program, particularly in schools, uh, but we also need a, a, a more robust. Um, uh, Prosecution process as well, like for example, we don't have any um, hate legislation in the Irish Republic, so that would be a big help. And so you have a sort of a carrot and stick approach to it, and I think that will be, you know, that hasn't we haven't achieved that despite the strong lobby that we we uh, present in conjunction with other organisations. You know, uh, it's not uh, the government don't seem to be. Um, accepting it. One of the big problems for us is that the fact that they give out funding to every year to sports organisations and these organisations have no interest whatsoever in using their sport to integrate people. So the, for example, a lot of the big sporting bodies don't have equality, integration and inclusion clauses in their constitutions. So that's a big challenge for us to, to lobby governments to force them to stop the funding going to these organisations unless they Uh, insert these uh, conditions in their their clauses, in their constitutions.
0: So last year we witnessed that in uh, Olympics for the first time we had a refugee team. Mm. Do you think that these things have helped to raise awareness Mm. and it's something that actually can help raising also your issues and Mm. uh, introduce uh, new legislations?
2: Yeah, that, I think it's really important. I, I'm not entirely in favour of uh, teams marching behind flags. That's my personal opinion. I wish everybody would just f- follow the Olympic flag, uh, like the refugees. They were f- performing under the, the Olympic flag because it's such a high and it has such an impact around the world. I think it's it's good to highlight the the fact that there there are people without nation state or so-called non-nationals, uh, and I think it's really important for that they they should be. Um, Included in, in in this using the spirit of Olympism, that's it's all about participation, not about winning. Uh, but I think the whole Olympic movement will have to change anyway, move away from you know narrow-minded nationalism and look more at, towards internationalism.
0: Well, Ken, thank you for this. Is there anything uh, that you can tell us? How can we join? Anyone who is listening today, how can they donate or participate?
2: Yeah, well, you can open your purse now and give me a donation and I can...
0: Well, we'll discuss this (laughs) one later, but can they? uh, is there a website that they can join to, or some uh, phone number that they can call?
2: There is, yeah. The website is uh, sari.ie, very simple, S-A-R-I dot I-E. And we have volunteers. We have uh, about 80 volunteers all together on our books. It's a volunteer-driven organisation. So, you know, we... We depend very much on you know like donations one thing, for the program we're not ca- funded in terms of capital, from any any source. We do get funding from abroad from for different programs, so it's always good to have somebody help us out with a few bob that will keep us going, particularly developing the new programs which we have lined up.
0: Well, thank you, Ken, for okay. co- for coming today. That was Ken McHugh. He is cultural planner with SARI, raci- Sport Against Racism Ireland. And he gave us an insight on how sport can be a bridge between people of different cultures.
1: And thanks to Tatiana uh, for that piece with Ken McHugh. Um, I'm joined in studio by um, Gareth Mullen from Show Racism, The Red Carrot. Gareth, nice to have you here. How you doing? Thanks very much. Um, Gareth, first off... When people think about sport in Ireland, when we think about the big sporting organisations and stuff like that, is it a thing that more and more black faces and more and more foreign faces are common?
3: Well, it, I, think, I think we're probably beginning to see a trend. You know, I know, for example, in, in the area where I'm living in, in Balbriggan, there's a under-19s. He's from Nigeria. He's on the under-19s Ireland team now. Um, and then uh, an event we had a couple of weeks ago, we had... Um, a club from Hadreen, um, who've been doing very good work with refugees and asylum seekers but one of the players in that club has now made it through to the inter-county uh, team for Mayo and his name is Shiroz Akram and he's I think he's 20 or 21 years of age but he's originally from Pakistan so you know a Mayo have a really good chance and, and although I'm from Dublin and we're in Dublin but uh, personally I'm hoping that Mayo do actually you know get get this monkey off their back and win the All-Ireland final but how amazing will that be you know to have a, a Pakistani born national uh, play, talking out for Mayo you know and winning an All-Ireland medal.
1: yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to the, um, that, are there <coughs> many incidents of racism in sport or are there many incidents reported yeah. or what, what's that like?
3: Well, I, I suppose, I'd say, the difference in Ireland and, and England, is w- when I was growing up in Ireland in the 1980s, I remember coming home, say, from football practice. You'd watch Football Focus on BBC back then. And the, the way football was back in the 1980s with players like Cyril Regis and who's just recently passed away and uh, Laurie Cunningham and John Barnes you could hear through the television the noise of the monkey chanting directed towards them now we've never although we've had a number of black players in the League of Ireland we've never had that um, that kind of racism but that's not to say we don't have an issue of racism in Ireland um, you know, why haven't we had that well one we don't get the crowds at the League of Ireland matches um, as they do in the first division, or you know now called Premier Division in England, so that, that that's one aspect. But also what they did in England is they reconstructed the stadiums and brought in all kinds of legislation and to to regulate a lot of things about the game. But what we find is that racism is it it, it is an experience say at the grassroots level and it, it's it's more low level, uh, not necessarily coming from supporters, but sometimes it can be from supporters from. Sometimes, from the sidelines, and be interested to hear you know say what listeners would think you know when they go down to watch a local game, do they what kind of behavior do they see and see at at, at you know even under tens under elevens under twelve matches because sometimes we do hear incidents and we work very closely with the f a i and we do a lot of training with clubs, referees, societies, and others involved in the game and you know, As you go out and talk to people, then they cite the incidences. So we don't have too many reports that come in to us because our resources are limited and maybe people aren't aware of show racing or what we can do or what we're about. So you know, when we do the, the training workshops with clubs, with volunteers, with other people like that, then you know, people tell their stories, the, the anecdotes, of what's going on in their area. And sometimes... Maybe it's not just racism, but it's other issues. And For example, one programme the FAI have, uh, it's called Keep Beho- um, Silent Sidelines. Silent you know, Sideline, yeah. yeah. I,
1: I'd be out uh, most Saturday mornings at, uh, at kids' GAA games. <coughs> and, uh, and certainly, uh, even before the Silent Sideline, uh, my club had decided that um, if parents were shouting, they should only shout positive things yeah. from the sideline. There was no negative things allowed. And th- w- with that kind of thing in mind, is is some of it ignorance? Is it that people go to a any kind of sporting fixture, like from a kids' sporting fixture yeah. to down to see bowls or something, and
3: do they think they can shout anything? It's it's funny. It's it, it so, something like something similar as to what goes on in social media, where people sometimes can feel it's okay just to mouth off. Um, and I remember um Frank Gavin when he was with the Players Association talking about managers and the way they shout at players, which we all understand that that goes on in sport. But you know, you know, when when players get to a professional level, it becomes their workplace. And if your boss, you know, in say near FM or, or where, city council, wher, wherever it is, private organisation, you know, shout their heads off like 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 a football manager does. How long would that boss remain in the job? Yeah. So. so People in, in, involved in sport might think it's okay to do this, but but in reality, you know, the public put money into football, um, the, uh, and Gaelic, a GA, the, and rugby. The, you know, the, the different grants that come from the government, sports capital, and so on. And and a lot of that's all about promoting participation. Mm-hmm. And our kids gonna feel like they want to participate if the, if they feel that, that they're going to be undermined and humiliated in, in a way. So. Uh, there are issues around behaviour and the culture you know at the top level but then at the grassroots these messages have to filter through
1: and have you come across kind of negative stories where children have stopped playing sports because of the racism
3: yeah well we we would have um, the examples here I was talking about when we would go and do A workshop, say with volunteers, could be from the DDSL or the NDSL or referee societies. That's where we do get the stories um, out of those sort of workshops and discussions. And you know, sometimes, like one there, I was dealing with recently was it was a GA club in Kildare, and it, 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 it was an Irish mother she married to an African man, and you know, the child was getting. I, I, you know, horrific abuse, not from other kids, but from parents. You know, and 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 that was um, was causing terrible problems. So, I, I w- there's a number of those examples we we, we have over the years, um, and, and I suspect they just touched the tip of the iceberg.
1: When it when it comes to positive role models, I'm thinking back. I suppose in a in a traditional area like the GAA uh, the, when Jason Sherlock was playing yeah. or, or say Sean O'Gahalpane and maybe more recent times uh, Lee Chin playing yeah. with Wexford and stuff do you think sometimes even though they are positive role models it can be a bit too much for them to carry they can be kind of sometimes they might just want to be a player yeah you know
3: yeah and I, I, we certainly don't uh, try and exert any kind of pressure on players like that it, it's it's really up to everyone, it's not just up to the people whose skin colour is black or you know, foreign nationals to, to make a stand against racism, it's, it's up to all of us and um, it is um, something a little bit puzzling that more players from minority backgrounds haven't featured in, in a high profile in, in sport, although I suspect it's the beginning of a trend now uh, as well as Lee Chin there's as I say, Shiro from from Mayo, and then um, recently you had the example of the uh, young Kurdish player uh, for Leitrim hurlers. Now I know Leitrim is not a stronghold of hurling, but but still, it's a great story. But but it, it's it, when Jason Sherlock, he, he was more, um, you know, an exception, and a similar Sean O'Gallipin was like an, an exception in terms of someone from a minority background breaking through into GA and and maybe at a different era whereas now Ireland is more multicultural and we are seeing not only those players who are just named there within GA but there's you know And we're not yet seeing it in the Ireland senior soccer team, but we do see it at the underage levels, you know, under 15s, 16s, with, you know, up to a, a, a quarter and a third of those teams, you know, coming from non Irish backgrounds, which is really significant.
1: And are there sports that have been quicker at this and better at this and better at responding? I mean, have the FAI been. Good when it comes to this, and I just noticed myself again, just um, just completely anecdotal. There's a um, there's a athletics team, uh, over by the Phoenix Park there, Harriers. Don't know Harriers, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was really surprised and pleased to see the amount of kids from different backgrounds yeah. taking part in that. And I just wondered if athletics was the kind of thing that had been good, or if they, does it come down to the sporting agency and how proactive yeah. they are.
3: Well, it, um. I can only give my opinion because uh, we we don't have a strong relationship with with bodies other than, say, the FBI and we have certain experience with the GA because it's such a huge organisation, but I I think some sports do lend themselves to to that. For example, um, if you look at Ireland's population of migrants, we have significant numbers of Filipinos with significant numbers of Lithuanians and Chinese and sports like basketball and table tennis are very popular in those countries but they're not so popular here and the infrastructure and the government support for those sports isn't so strong. So maybe those those bodies aren't doing Uh, uh, as comprehensive intercultural programs as the FAI say but it b- that that's to do with the fact that they they're not resourced very well in general.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. I hadn't really thought of that. There's really different cultural backgrounds where, if uh, if you come from some I don't know Slovakia or something, yeah. and, and uh, ice hockey is the game your parents love, and they want to bring their children up to play ice hockey, it's not it's not really going to happen. Uh, yeah. in in uh, downtown Rohini
3: Yeah, um, well, like talk about sport and its power for possibility for integration, but. Um, like d- there was a an ice hockey club in in Dundalk, but the, the venue closed down because it wasn't making it. It was a commercially owned venue, so it, it's um the the example there you gave about athletics. You know, Ireland's athletic tradition has weakened in the last sort of twenty years since we're you know, play um athletes like Eamon Coughlan, who's now a senator. You know, it, it's yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah. They, they haven't won anything for a while, but mm. m- maybe with the influx of migrants. And if the body can get access to the resources to train people up, maybe there is potential for Olympic success with with those ty- uh, those type of people.
1: And when when it comes to your own organisation, uh, the work that some of the work that Show Racing Red Card are doing, uh, tell us a bit about the um, the Club Welcome Awards that you had recently. Yeah.
3: we have a number of programs uh, with Show Racing Red Card, and the basic idea is uh, it, it started in 1996 in Newcastle in England, and. The model just developed from there, and what I did was in founding the project in Ireland was basically to copy what they do in the u k because it seemed to be successful and the idea of harnessing the high profile of sports stars to convey an anti racism education message so we have a, a number of programs and I'll come to the club welcome in a, in a second we have um we have our education pack which is a a resource pack and video which features six of the so senior soccer internationals, in that with players given their views and experiences of racism, including Darren Randolph, um, James McCarthy, and and then Seamus Coleman and others, and, and Lee Chin as well. But uh, alongside our education pack, the programs we have, we've program of education workshops. So we, I would I've been to about fifty schools since September, uh, around the country, delivering workshops with young people. We have a creative competition which we encourage schools to get involved with um, to develop their own messages about racism. Then we have a Wear Red Day and then the the Club Welcome Awards event uh, we had a couple of weeks back was in recognition for five clubs that participate in our Club Welcome programme for refugees. It was work that those clubs had done to support the integration of refugees and asylum seekers within their structures because I think when someone's from particularly asylum seekers uh, and their children um, they might be going to school but they're kind of excluded from all kinds of hobbies because the parents don't have any income you know the allowance they're on is 20 euro per week and um, to join a typical soccer club is 75 euro per year at Least if not, you know, I, I know two clubs in Balbriggan, for example, where I live. One is uh, 75 and the other is 250 euro for the year,
1: and sometimes so two euro a week subs on top of that as well.
3: Yeah, I, I, and so, so it, it, that all matters if your only income is 20 euro plus your board and accommodation. So people say, Well, asylum seekers are looked after, and sure aren't the kids in you know doing okay, they're going to school, but. You know, kids have a right to participate in activities and, you know, whatever about the parents' situation. So a couple of years ago we applied for some funding and we, we got it um, and it just allowed us to work with some clubs to support them to include refugees and asylum seekers. So the two GA clubs, one in Balahadrin and the other was in Limerick and then three soccer clubs, Sligo Rovers, Boots Road Celtic in Clondalkin and, and another one at Emo in County Leash. They did different uh, different programs of work where, whether it was coaching, or um, I- encouraging kids into their nurseries, um, and and just encouraging them to get involved in their clubs and organising activities, and making sure the finance wasn't a barrier, transport making sure transport wasn't a barrier. So you know, our Club Welcome plaque is like a, 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 I suppose a recognition of the, the work the clubs do and then the funding the funding of the program allowed us to give some financial support to clubs. Of course it, it was nowhere near in terms of what it cost the clubs to deliver those activities, but it was just some recognition. So that that was the idea behind that and we're we're go- we're going to run that club that program again and I know we have an application from Bald Oil United who have um who've participated in some of our other programs as well. So uh, that they're out this neck of the woods, so we look forward to them being involved.
1: Yeah, that's great stuff, Ken, and uh, and we'd love to know more about what's going on in Baldoyle. So we'll keep in touch about that. Maybe for a final word today, I suppose, just for parents who would be out at matches at j and soccer matches every weekend, so looking at soccer matches, would you have kind of advice for them to what to think about when they're on the sideline shouting at the kids?
3: Well, it, it, the um, yeah if you If you don't want silent sidelines, just shout positive encouragement uh because up to the age of, well and even with adults it's it's really all about participation you know it, it, you can get angry at what what's going on with the Ireland team and give out about players at that level. But you know, with everyone else, the the rest of us are doing it for for the fun of it and the sport of it. And yes, we do like competition. But you we don't. Why why, do, why does anyone need to be undermined or criticised? Um, and and people should try and work together. You know, to to support the coach and support the the, the players. You know, that that's really what you what the kind of culture you want to be promoting.
1: All right. Um. Thanks very much to Garrett Mullen Thank from uh, Shaw Races in the red card, and uh, to do some great work there. And hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Uh, thanks again to Tatiana Scott uh, speaking to Ken McHugh earlier from Sari, and uh, that's all for this week. And we'll be back again next week with uh, Respect Words. Respect. Sevome.
0: Respeto. Spostuimo.
1: Respect Words. Etik dimo seografia ya tin potere interjúk
0: tudósítások a
2: gyűlöletbeszéd
0: ellen. Mi bet you, you,
2: La onda local de Andalucía contra los discursos de odio.
0: Mass
1: or Ogo? to ethical. I a Ethical
0: journalism against hate speech.
1: Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words.
0: Supported by the Rights, Equality and Citizenship Programme of the European Union.